0: Welcome to Ideas Goes Abroad. We are Marlinda and Camila, two students of the master program International Development Studies at Utrecht University. For our studies, the whole class was spread out over the global south to conduct field research. From Sudan to Costa Rica, from Vietnam to South Africa. From remote villages and rainforests to metropolises and tourist hotspots. We're here to bring you
1: stories from our fellow students who have done research and lived on the other side of the world. In each episode we learn about their adventures and cherished moments, and how they managed to do their research while dealing with cultural shocks. Today we're talking with Andrea, a fellow Italian student who went to Mekelle in Ethiopia. Andrea is very passionate about getting involved with the new culture. She likes to dive right into them and to see where it will take her. So we're super interested in hearing where she ended up during her research in Africa. Welcome, Andrea. How are you doing?
2: Hi, and thank you again for having me. I'm doing great. My research was about microfinance. I was especially focused on social capital in relation to microfinance-related projects.
1: I know you're personally very interested in this uh, topic of microfinance. What was it that triggered your passion?
2: I was actually interested since I got a book for Christmas by my uncle about Mohamed Yunus, the banker to the poor. Um, Mohammed Yunus is the founder of Microfinance, so he was the first one to lend money to poor people in Bangladesh during the 70s. Um, the Banker to the Poor is a book about his experience. I got that for Christmas from my uncle and I got really interested in the topic. So when I started the master, I thought that this would have been a nice topic to dig deeper into. and. When uh, I was offered the opportunity to, to focus on that, I just catch it <laughs> and I ended up in Ethiopia, in Mekelle.
0: It's so nice that your journey actually started with this gift from your relatives and uh, ended up in Ethiopia. Can you briefly explain who are the main investors in microfinance and what are the main microfinance models that can be found?
2: Microfinance institutions these days are often proper banks operating for profit. That means that they have to work for the sustainability of the service in the first place, and that means that they have to ensure the repayment. Microfinance institutions are spread all over the world but mainly in Southeast Asia and in India. In Africa, there are different kind of models and microfinance institutions are, are starting to, um, to implement projects also over there, but there are different, different models. The difference with the model that was in place in Mekelle was that there was no bank behind the project. It was just a, a bunch of people that with the support of the municipality formed a cooperative. The cooperative form it, it's like a local association. It doesn't operate for profit, but it's just uh, very concerned with the well-being of its own members. This is the main difference between the cooperative and a, a formal bank.
1: And how does microfinance connect to social capital?
2: Yeah, there are actually different ways to see this relation because, of course, microfinance uh, is actually a universe. It's not just a fixed type of uh, project that can be implemented uh, in uh, developing countries. There are certain ways that require the formation of a group. So, basically, when a microfinance bank arrives into a village, it basically forms a group of usually 6 or 7 people uh, so they can be basically guarantors to each other usually people when they apply for microfinance projects they have to meet because these are very poor people they don't have collaterals so they they don't own anything and that means that they don't uh, don't have anything that can be used as a guarantee for the money that they borrow. That means that if you form a group, all the people that participate in the group are responsible for each other. We are talking about people that often don't go out very much. They don't really have a social life. So what happens is that they finally get a chance to meet with peers. And when it comes to women, they have for the first time, most of the time, a venue to talk about women's issue, about women's desires. And this is why social capital increases in these occasions, because women finally get to talk to, to peers uh, and uh, process their own feelings.
1: So it's much more than just credit and microfinance itself. It's more than money.
2: Exactly, and that's the whole point of microfinance, that it venture beyond economic empowerment it's not just about material support it's also about moral support because of course the people that are part of your group are very likely to be people you're friend with and over time you develop really strong ties through these groups <laughs>
0: Of course, you had to go back to Europe after a month and a half. Were you able to conduct interviews while you were in Ethiopia?
2: Yes, I was able to hold only one interview and it was extremely interesting. It was supposed to be an exploratory session. Uh, the goal for that interview was actually to, to look around and uh, do some uh, observation uh, in the field because my research site was uh, about 45 minutes by car from uh, Mekelle. It was in a rural setting um, very different of course from the urban one so the interview I had was with the president of the cooperative and it was extremely nice because actually after the interview we got invited for lunch at the accountant's house, the house that she and her husband built with the savings that they could save with the cooperative. It was really, uh, yeah, I got really emotional at some point. I can imagine. They were really kind to me.
1: Did you experience barriers and obstacles during research?
2: Well, as I said, I had the occasion to hold only one interview. So I wouldn't say that it was so difficult that day. The language was the most important barrier that I encountered. Other from that, everyone was really, really kind to me and really willing to participate in my research. And that is something that really surprised me. Because these people, of course, they're really busy. They have their everyday issues to deal with. And I was just a random student coming from a Western university. And I got the chance to, to have this really interesting conversation with them. And I also got invited for lunch, which was, I considered that to be an extension of the, in, of the interview, of course, because we kept talking about everyday lives. Uh, coping strategies, I would also say. They they told me a lot about the history of the village itself.
1: What were the first impressions when you first arrived in Ethiopia?
2: Yeah, well, of course, I was completely overwhelmed when I arrived. I was so happy to to finally get the chance to, to go there. So when I arrived, I I arrived in Addis, Addis Ababa, which is the capital. And uh, I had a great first impression. Of course, everyone was really, really willing to help from the very beginning. But I think it was something more than, you know, just me being white, you know, being a girl and being white. Ethiopian people are genuinely really helpful people and there was something as i said really genuine in their way of doing things so when i arrived it was really early in the morning my my friends my dutch friends from university they were sleeping because they arrived the day before me so i went out for breakfast and i f- and i experienced there my first uh, buna ceremony the coffee ceremony um it was great, of course. And so, yeah, the first day in Addis was really chaotic. We, we ended up in many different places. We got the chance to properly visit the city. I mean, as, as long as you could say that one day visit in an African capital is a proper visit, of course, but we moved a lot. And so my first impression was, uh, was really great. And of course, really different from the impression that I had in Mekelle, because you could really see the difference in cultures, in tradition. You could really see the difference between Amara people, Oromo or people, and, and people from Tigray. Tigray is the region of Mekelle.
1: And what about socializing with the locals? How was that?
2: Yeah, so when we arrived in Michele, the, the first month, I would say, it was all about networking. So, And it was also all about settling down, because when we arrived, we didn't have a place. Uh, so it was all about networking. It was all about meeting people and trying to make connections so that we could find a place to live. And we got really lucky their open attitude was really helpful. I mean, us, of course, we were really, we became open towards like, you know, meeting people. It's not something that we Western European people do. I mean, if we meet someone on the street, we don't really start talking to each other and uh, eventually exchange numbers, you know? This is something that would be considered very weird in Europe but there in Ethiopia is really normal i mean you you just meet a random guy in the street you just exchange number because who knows you maybe will need that one day and uh, in our case it was exactly that so one day we got invited in a random wedding actually we just bumped into a wedding <laughs> we were just walking down the street and then we saw a man on the other side just shouting at us something. We didn't really understand what what was that, of course, but he seemed nice. And uh, eventually we realized that he wanted us to to be part of the wedding. So we entered this facility, uh, and there was this, like I don't know, 2,000 people, something like that. And uh, everyone was really curious about us. So at some point... um, one of, our, one of my friends from, uh, from Utrecht University, she started talking to this guy. After a while, this guy passes me his phone saying, yeah, I have a friend. He wants to talk to you. And then I, I say, oh, oh, all right, OK. <laughs> and then I take the phone. And I, I, I just started talking to this guy. And I hear this voice on the other side of the phone. Ciao Andrea, Um, il mio amico mi dice che sei italiana, meaning, hi Andrea, my friend over here says you're Italian, I speak Italian as well, but I'm from here, and so I was like, what is going on here, like what, (laughs) so this guy... This Christian, he was, uh, was born and raised in Italy and he, but he had, uh, of course, uh, Ethiopian roots. So he eventually came back. And it was really funny because we became very, very good friends. And uh, he had a lot of uh, hints for me, a lot of suggestions. And he, he really made our lives, uh, our life in mekelle easier.
0: So you met this guy eventually? I did, several times. Wow. That must be so strange to talk in your own language suddenly. Yeah, it
2: was really weird actually, because he had such a strong accent from Venice, because he was from (laughs) Venice. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Really nice. (laughs) Can you tell us a bit more about your intercultural experiences in terms of your research? So when I arrived in Ethiopia, I
2: wanted to start my research right away. Of course, I was very enthusiastic, but I I had to face a context that was completely different from mine. And I also had to realize that my research wasn't really a priority for anyone. So I had a sort of slow start, but I think that's okay. I mean, it's just part of the game, I would say. And for future students, I would just suggest them to be very patient to be very patient and to adjust to the to the local habits
0: and uh, to carry on that's really good advice and i also think like the students have four months um so so there's a lot of time to uh, to be patient
1: what do you suggest other students do while they wait for answers for the research in terms of places to visit or something to do in Ethiopia or close to Mekele?
2: Well, there is a lot to do in Ethiopia, especially in the north. It, there are so many, many uh, cultural sites that you can visit, but also natural sites. There is an active volcano going on still, uh, about one hour by car from Mekelle. I didn't get the chance to see it, unfortunately. And... Uh, Yeah, I mean, there is so much that can be done without doing actual research. I mean, um, participatory observation is already research. Everything you experience is something that can potentially be a part of your research. So, if you are an active researcher, that means that you are, you know, observating all the time, you can collect way more data than you can expect.
0: Can you give us an imaginary visualisation of Michele?
2: How to describe Michele? Well, I would firstly suggest everyone to go there because it really deserves it. But if I have to describe it, I would say that it's a really desert-like landscape. Uh, Even though the nature is is really rich, it's quite dry. Makkah is a city that is booming. You can you can feel it. It's developing so fast. Half of the city facilities are actually construction sites. So you can see uh, you can see that it's something that is really expanding fast, and uh, is really dynamic as well. Everything that could be expected in a, in a Western city is actually there. But of course, it's still Ethiopia, so you get to eat injera. (laughs) What is that? Injera is the flatbread.
0: Ah, right. Sounds like a really interesting place. It is. It is indeed.
2: Amazing food, amazing people, lovely music, music everywhere. Music is a huge part of Ethiopians' life.
0: So how was the situation in Ethiopia surrounding the pandemic? Did you did it already started when you were there? So about one week before we
2: had to leave Ethiopia, you could start feeling that something was in the air. And that became especially true when the first case uh, appeared in Addis, which was, of course, uh, 800 kilometers from Mekelle, so quite far. But still, you could feel the pressure and a bit of stress also in Macelle. And something that we experienced was that people were often, you know, addressing us, uh, you know, shouting at us, like saying, Corona, Corona, white people, Corona, something like that. Of course, uh, that was a reaction that we, we see coming. And uh, And also, if you think about that, The same thing happened everywhere else. Like in Italy, Italians started addressing Chinese people with Corona. So I guess it's something very natural that, you know, when a pandemic starts, you just look for scapegoats. (laughs) You just look for people that are responsible for that. (laughs)
1: So we're approaching the end of the interview. Um, We would like to ask you to share with us one of your favorite moments there. Well, I would say that one of my favorite moments over there
2: was actually every day lunchtime and dinner time <laughs> so italian <laughs> yes so italian and also wow ethiopian food guys we we had the best time eating discovering trying new things people were always up for you know letting us try new things and that made that our experience very complete i think and it was really an explosion of taste and uh, and emotions uh, and uh, feelings uh, in the bathroom also
1: but it was <laughs> super good <laughs> and smell as well right
2: yeah the the national spice it's called berbere in the streets of the market uh, both in addis uh, and in Michele, you could really smell the pepper in the streets. You could really smell it, feel it in, with, within your nose. And yeah, it was really strong, really strong. All the food is really spicy. So if you don't uh, stand spicy food, yeah,
1: don't go to Ethiopia. But if you do, go there right away. It sounds like an impactful country, an impactful experience that you had. It is from all point of view. What is the thing that surprised you the most about Mekelle or Ethiopia, about the people or the place itself?
2: Well, that's a good question. And I don't think there's just one answer to this question. But something that I can say about Ethiopia and Ethiopian people is that they are they are extremely proud of themselves, about their tradition, about their history. And this pride is what makes them able to, to keep their tradition so alive. And this is why tradition is there something that you can actually smell and actually feel on your skin. Um, their pride, I think it was the most inspiring thing that I, that I saw and experienced in Ethiopia. Thank you, Andrea, for this. This was
1: really nice. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. As usual for more information on the guest and the research, head over to our Instagram at IDSGoesAbroad. This was our last episode for the season. We interviewed many of our friends and explored different countries in the world leaving us with an ache for traveling and we would love to hear which stories impressed you the most. Thank you for listening, for supporting us and for telling your friends about us.